The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 10th chapter. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you own, and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked, and he went away grieving, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded, and they said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age, houses, brothers, and sisters, mothers and children and fields with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last will be first the gospel of the lord my dear brothers and sisters i bring you grace and peace from god our father and from our lord and savior jesus christ amen If you were here earlier this fall, you know that we started our fall with a three-week series that we called What Do Christians Really Believe? Um, And the second of those weeks, we talked about, well, what do Christians, what do we really believe about money? Um, And one of the things we lifted up in that message was that whatever else you want to say about Christianity and money, you can say objectively and factually that money shows up a whole lot in the Bible. And as if to prove or to reinforce that point, now here we are, not in that series anymore, but just following the appointed readings for the day in today's gospel, uh, we just heard Jerry read, talks about what? Money and possessions. And it is uh, filled, actually, this uh, passage from the 10th chapter of Mark, uh, which, by the way, you're you're welcome to turn to this. I'm going to be talking about it throughout the sermon, obviously, Um, but you don't have to turn to it. But if you you want to, it's on page 921. And this passage has a whole lot of very famous lines that we remember from it. One of them, maybe the most famous, comes from the children's message we just heard, um, where Jesus says in verse 25, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's one of the famous lines. Um, In response to that, the disciples say, well, then who can be saved? Because at that time in the ancient world, it was assumed those who were wealthy were also blessed and had sort of an easy path to God. Jesus' response to their question is another very famous line. they say, they say again, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, for mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. We've all heard that line. And then the passage ends with yet another uh, famous and enigmatic statement of Jesus. Verse 31, but many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This morning, I don't want to talk about any of those famous lines. Um, Instead, I want to direct our attention in a moment to a line from this reading that my hunch is, if you were to read it, you you may just sort of skim or gloss over it, but I think it's a central part of this reading, and actually it connects back really nicely to the message that I gave a few weeks ago about money. Very quick review. In that message, you may remember, we talked about some uh, truths about what we believe as Christians. One of them was getting right that verse for money is not the root of all evil, which is not what the Bible says, but rather money is a root of all kinds of evil. We talked about the number of times money shows up in the Bible, 23 or 2400 verses about money. We talked about how those verses don't all agree. And Jesus' own teachings, forget about the Bible, Jesus' own teachings are all over the map about money, or he comes at it in different ways. Uh, But one theme throughout those readings is that money, um, because it has energy or has power, is dangerous. It's not evil or bad, but it's dangerous. And it's dangerous because it has a tendency to make us as humans bow down to it, to turn it into an idol, which connected us back to the sort of major narrative arc of the Bible, or one of them, which is that God is saying again and again and again, don't put something in my place, in the place of God, that isn't me. Bad things will happen. So don't put, for example, money in my place. And the point I made at that point is that the reason God reminds us of that again and again, and this is getting us back to the gospel for today, is the simple truth that God loves you. God made you. God knows you better than you know yourself. And God understands that in this fallen and broken and imperfect world, when we put things in the place of God that are not God, they don't fulfill us. They don't satisfy us. Uh, And so God is trying to get us to open our eyes to that truth out of a sense of love, out of abundance of love. Okay, so God loves you, which is why God doesn't want you to bow down to idols. Which connects us back to today's gospel and that sort of line that I'm going to guess most of us miss when we hear this gospel read. Again, it's the story, in fact, if you're on this page 921, the heading says, The Rich Man. That's what it talks about. And so this rich man comes to Jesus. They have a little conversation, a little back and forth. Jesus says a few things to him. And then this is the verse that struck me as I was reflecting on this reading for this week. It's verse 21. Jesus, looking at the man, loved him. Jesus, looking at the man, loved him. 
Now we think of Jesus and we think, well, yeah, of course, Jesus loves everyone, which I think is true. In this context, Jesus loves this man, I think, in a particular way, um, out of a sense of, of concern, maybe, or sympathy, or worry for this man for two very specific reasons. Reason number one, the man is in need of healing. Reason number two, the man is confused about something. Now, if some of you have your Bibles open and you've been scanning this, you may rightly say, well, Tim, I just read this quickly. I don't see anything in here about it saying the man is unhealthy or confused. And I will grant you that it's not there explicitly, but it is very clearly present in this reading. And it's actually in the very first verse, which is the verse that we pulled out at the top of your bulletin. It's verse 17. So again, the man is in need of healing and he's confused. So here's how we know that. Verse 17. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before Jesus. Now what you need to know in the Gospel of Mark is that the only people who kneel before Jesus are people who are in need of what? Healing. That's what, it's, it's consistent throughout Mark. If people are kneeling in front of Jesus, they are in need of healing. Clearly Mark, the Gospel writer, believes this man is in need of healing. I think in his heart of heart, hearts, this man understands he's in need of healing. I'm not talking about medical illness here, of course, I'm talking about spiritual healing. I'm not sure the man knows what needs to be healed, but I don't think he would have been kneeling in front of Jesus if he didn't feel that something was in need of healing. And I think clearly Jesus sees into his heart and also recognizes, yes, you are in need of healing. So that's how we know the man's in need of healing, because he's kneeling in front of Jesus. We know he's confused or misunderstands something from the second part of that verse. Here's what, and it's from the question that he asked Jesus. He says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Listen to that again. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit? Now think about that for a moment. What must any of us do to inherit anything? And the answer is precisely what? Nothing. There's nothing we can do to inherit. What has to happen for us to inherit something? Someone has to die and they leave us a gift. So this man is confused because he thinks that there's some action or activity on his part that he has to accomplish or do when in fact this inheritance he's looking for is what? It is a pure gift which he simply has to receive. Now, Jesus has a prescription for this man's disease, his lack of health, and his confusion. And the prescription is based on, on the, again, the fact that Jesus sees this man, he loves him, and here's what I think Jesus recognizes in this man. He looks at this man and he realizes this man has got such a death grip on his possessions which he thinks are going to be his salvation, which he thinks are going to save him, that he will not let them go. Which means what? That his hands are clenched, and he cannot open them to receive the gift that Jesus wants to give him. So Jesus says to him, go sell all your possessions, let go 
of this thing that you think is going to save you so you can open your hands to receive the gift that I want to give you. And the man, of course, we're told at this point, um, when he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. He could not do it. Now, here we are in 2018 in Plymouth, Minnesota, reading this story, and what would this gospel reading make a good background for a, a sermon about? Stewardship! And it would. And by the way, I'm not embarrassed or opposed to giving sermons on stewardship. Giving and generosity and stewarding our resources is a hugely important part of our Christian faith. It's one of the important sort of concrete ways that we exercise our muscles of faith, and it's important and appropriate for us to talk about it. However, as I've been reflecting on this message or the gospel this week, it, it has struck me that a, a message about stewarding our resources is frankly too limited for what this gospel is, I think, trying to tell us today. And so what is it trying to say to us? And I think as we gather here every week, once again, we come here, and I'm lifting up again that line that I, I quoted before from the Gospel of Mark. Jesus, looking at the man, loved him. We gather in this place to hear again and again and again the same words. Jesus, looking at you, loves you. Jesus looking at you loves you, and Jesus looking at you knows you, knows you better than you know yourself, and Jesus knows the burdens, the griefs, the pains that you come here to this place with. And because he loves you, what Jesus is saying to us, I think, today, saying to you today is, you know those things that you are clenching onto with a death grip? You know those things you won't let go of that you think are your salvation, that you think will save you? Will you please, because I do know you, and because I love you, will you please let go of that grip a bit? And for some of us, it may be possessions. I think that's absolutely possible. For some of us, it may be regrets about the past, it may be concerns about the future, it may be worries we have about our children or our grandchildren or worries we have about our parents. It may be an unwillingness to let God help us forgive something from the past. Whatever it is, Jesus says to us, let go, hand it over to me, so that in your open hands you can receive the gift of love that I want to give to you. The only question for us is, will we, like the rich man, turn and walk away, or will we accept Jesus' invitation? Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and gracious God, as you gather us once again here in this place as your people, you gather us to heal us, to restore us, to set our minds right. As we gather, we pray you will give us the courage and the strength to let go of those things that we need to let go of so that we can receive your love in our open hands.
In all this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.